of you know, we have a huge milestone that we accomplished this year. We bought 4.8 acres of land. We're currently working with our engineers and our architects and uh, just all the site planning that is involved in this process, traffic studies, road sites that have to be worked, all of the constructural plans, all the things go with that. You know what that next, that's going to be anywhere from a well, I want to begin today, uh, a lot to cover that I want to share with you that's on my heart, and we kick off this month of uh, December with a new series that we're calling Christmas Is. Now, I want to just ask you right out of the gate, if you could use one word to fill in that blank, Christmas Is, what word would you use to put inside that blank? Think about it. I mean, the subject of the, is there, the verb is there, but what comes next? How would you fill in the blank? Christmas is. Now, I heard some of you whisper what many Christians obviously would say, especially those in church. You would say, oh, that's Jesus. Jesus is what I would, that's the word I would use to fill in the blank. Christmas is Jesus, and yes, that is true. And obviously, for many, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? But it also depends on who you're asking. It also depends on who you're talking to. If you were to ask people on the street, hey, Christmas is blank. If you were to ask them to use a word to fill in that blank, you'd hear all kinds of answers, right? You might would hear from you know, our, our modern culture today, they would say, oh, well, Christmas is just another holiday. It's a day off work, right? If you were to ask maybe, you know, some who um, think about their current situation or relationships, they would say, oh, Christmas is for nice people. It's for the people who are not on the naughty list, right? How many of you know somebody who's going to be on the naughty list this year? How many of you are sitting in that set to that person? All right, don't raise your hand. But you get the point. I mean, a lot of people, you know, it depends on who you ask, would fill in that blank with all kinds of random answers. If you ask a child, you, you ask them, hey, Christmas is, they would say, it's about presents, right? It's about opening presents. Well, again, I think you get the point at the end of the day. There's all kinds of words that we could use to fill in the blank. But you know, the Bible actually gives us a word which actually is the first word. If you were to describe what Christmas is in one word, and you look at the Bible and what the word uses, what the Bible uses as a word to describe Christmas, you ready for this? It is the word giving. Everybody say giving. Giving. You say, oh, come on, Pastor. Are you for real? You know, in Isaiah. Chapter 9, verse 6, the verse that I just read a few moments ago as we partake, had, had, had a moment to observe communion, I shared that the prophet Isaiah, some 700 years before the birth of Jesus, gave the ultimate birth announcement when he made this statement. He said, for a child is born to us, a son is what? Say it out loud. Given. That's, that's not very good. A child is what? A son is given. There you go. Is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle John penned these words in John 3.16. I love how the Passion Translation captures this. For here's the way God loved the world. He, say it out loud, gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. If Christmas is all about giving, which it is, then here's something I think is important for us to understand. Christmas is about giving, and why is that important? Because it represents the fact that God gave humanity, gave to the entire world the greatest gift the world has ever known. His name is Jesus. God so loved, he gave. And he gave his one and only son for us. So if God gave us the greatest, the most significant gift the world has ever known, don't you think it's important for us to know the real significance of the gift, what's behind the gift, who the gift is, and what the gift is all about as it relates to your life and mine? Absolutely. Well, let me just share with you four things that I think is important for us to understand when it comes to the gift that God has given to all of creation. The first fact is this. That ultimate gift is a personal gift. Later in Matthew, Matthew penned it this way. Related to Mary giving birth to her son. And here's what it says. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When you think about it, if you were to ask the average Christian, what is the significance of Christmas? They would say, oh, well, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We just kind of verbalized that a few moments ago. But that may not actually be the accuracy of what Christmas is all about. Yes, some might agree that Jesus is the reason for the season, but at the end of the day, I believe if you were to ask God, what is the reason for the season, he would say, it's you. You and I, we are the reason for the season. You know why? Because God became one of us. God came to earth in the form of his one and only son. God became like you and me. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, why did God do that? God did that simply because it was a personal decision. He wanted to become like us. Why? Because when God made us, he made us so that he could have a relationship with us, right? And not only did he make us so he could have a relationship with us, but he wanted to become like us in every possible way so he could relate to us, so it could be personal, so it could be real, so it could be relevant. And if that was God's desire was to become like us so he could know us and love us and so we could know him and love him back, to have that kind of personal relationship, then what changed? What changed is our own sin, our self-centeredness. We chose to turn our back 
toward God and said, thank you, God, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And therefore, our sin and self-centeredness is what severed, what cut off the relationship between us and God, right? And yet God, in spite of our sin, still proved and demonstrated his love toward us by doing what? By giving his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. And I think it's so important that we understand that when it comes to this whole issue of a personal relationship and the reason why Christmas is all about you is because it's God's way of reaching out to you. It's God's way of pursuing you. It's God's way of restoring that broken relationship. It's God's way of redeeming all of mankind. So God so loved the world that he gave. He became one of us so that he could have a real personal relationship with us. I love what John said in John 1.14. He said, the word became flesh and blood. And here's, what it, here's how it frames this in the message paraphrase translation it says and he moved into the neighborhood i love that he just came right where we live so he could become one of us i don't know how many of you may have seen the article that the nona hood news um, made available and wrote an article on our church in fact uh, they're actually going to dedicate a full page to our church this month that will be released next week. And they're talking about the future of Rethink Life Church. Isn't that pretty cool? Well, what's pretty cool is that the person who wrote the article actually used that verse. And I thought to myself, oh, they're going to take that out. But they actually started the article with that same verse. That the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Aren't you thankful that God showed up in Lake Nona? He showed up in our neighborhood. He has shown up in your life and in your family and in your marriage. Why? Because he wants to relate to us. He is a real personal God. He is not just some distant God. He is not some God that we can't relate to, who has no clue about our needs or our desires or our wants. No, God is Emmanuel. He is with us. His name is Jesus, and you are the reason for the season. So God so loved, he gave. And he gave us the ultimate gift, and it is personal. God came to earth, just like you were born into this world, God was born into this world through Jesus Christ. What an incredible gift. So it's personal, but number two, Another reason why it's important for us to realize the significance of the greatest gift the world has ever known is because it's also practical. I mean, yes, God came to earth in the form of his son Jesus so that we could have a personal relationship with him. So that he could relate and identify with us and we could relate and identify with him. But on the, on the other hand... It is a relevant relationship in the sense of the practicality of that relationship between us and God. How many of you, just curious, have ever um, received a Christmas gift? And I'm sure you'll probably experience this this Christmas as well. It happens every year. 
that is not necessarily practical. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how many of you... How many of you have ever seen, uh, I mean, this should be a no-brainer of a question, but I'm always surprised. Sometimes people say, no, I've never seen it. How many of you have ever seen the movie called Christmas Vacation? You know, the Lampoon's National, you know, the, that Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase. And, I mean, that's like my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Of course, it's the, 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 the edited version, right? But, uh, but, but, but seriously, what's funny, one of the highlights of that whole movie is when Clark, you know, he kind of leveraged everything, thinking that he was going to get his annual Christmas bonus. And so he had leveraged everything to build that ultimate swimming pool. And he was sweating bullets because he still hadn't gotten the bonus. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, the, the, the delivery guy shows up and gave him the envelope. And he was so excited, he opens it up. And rather than it being that big, fat bonus check he was expecting, it was the annual gem of the month club that he got instead and man as you know from there he learned how to speak in tongues but anyway all that to say you know what's crazy is that a lot of people experience some gifts such as the jelly of the month club that isn't necessarily practical it's like what are we going to do with this another thing that's kind of funny is um years ago michelle and i got married we um we had our first Christmas with her family. So all, you know, a lot of people came and relatives and this and that. And she lived in Oklahoma. They were living in Oklahoma at the time. We lived in Texas. But, you know, you, in Texas and Oklahoma, it's like that Red River rivalry. So you have Texas Longhorns and you have, you know, OU Sooners. It's kind of like Florida State and Florida. And they just don't like each other. You know what I'm saying? It's like a house divided, but there's no division here. It's clear. It's black and white. You know, you're either in Oklahoma or you're in Texas. And so they all knew I was from Texas. So one of the family members, guess what they gave me? They gave me a tie, a clip-on. Number one, you don't wear clip-ons, okay? I mean, that's old school. Number two, even if you, even if you get a clip-on tie, whatever you do, don't give somebody a clip-on tie that has OU Sooners on it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just like, what in the world am I going to do with this thing? I'm going to go burn it, right? That was the most impractical gift I think I've ever received. And then Michelle saying, oh, listen, it's Rodney, do, you do not, do not say anything negative. Do not go there. It's the thought that counts, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. That is the thought, that is the point. No one was thinking when they bought the tie. <laughs> totally irrelevant, totally impractical. But we've all had those impractical gifts, right? Well, here's the most amazing thing about the ultimate gift that God has given to us. The gift that he gave to us is one that we all need and one that we all want. And it's one, listen to this, that money can't buy. The greatest practical gift that God has given to us is a gift that will meet every single need you could ever imagine. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. He said, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So therefore, only God, listen, only God can meet those type of needs in our lives. Listen, money can't buy and fill the void for loneliness in your life. 
Listen, if you're worried and you're stressed and you're overwhelmed by anxiety, listen, listen, the most practical thing in your life is to be at rest, to be at peace, knowing that you are at peace with God. You can have peace in your life. Be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with other people. Listen, money can't buy that. What an incredible practical way that God has chosen to meet every single need of our lives. We can't meet our own need to forgive sin. We can't meet our own need by brokenness in our lives from things in our past that has brought guilt and shame into our world. No, only God can remove the sin. Only God can forgive the sin. Only God can put back the broken pieces of our lives. And whether it's a broken heart or a broken marriage or whatever it might be, God is the ultimate gift that brings the practical side of what we want and ultimately what we need in our lives. So when you think about God's ultimate gift, yeah, it is one that's very personal, one that we can relate to. It's practical because we all need it, we all desire it, we all want it. But thirdly, it's also priceless. In Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, it says it this way. Though he was God, speaking of Jesus, he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. Listen to this. And he humbled himself even further, going so far as actually to die a criminal's death on a cross. You see, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. Think about that. It is a priceless gift that God gave to you and to me. I read the other day as I was looking at the word priceless in the dictionary. And here, listen to this. Here is the definition of the word priceless, having a value beyond all price. That's why we took communion a few moments ago. That's why we observed communion. Why? Because it helps us. That's why Jesus even reinforced, hey, do this in remembrance of me. It was the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known. It's priceless. You can't put a price tag on what Jesus did on the cross. And the fact that he was risen from the grave so we could know forgiveness, so we could have a relationship that would be restored and redeemed and put back together in in our relationship with God, our creator. And beyond that, to live a life here and now in victory, to live a life of purpose and meaning and significance and fulfillment in our lives. Those are the things that money cannot buy. Everything in this world is temporal. But what Jesus did for us on the cross and what God gave to us through his son is a value beyond all price. Which leads me to the fourth reason that it's important for us to understand this gift. God so loved he gave the ultimate gift, his son Jesus, because it was personal and priceless. Excuse me, personal, practical, and priceless. But listen to this. It's permanent. 
permanent. You know, it's interesting is that literally millions of people took advantage, and I'm sure all of you did too, of something that happens right after Thanksgiving. You know what it's called? Black Friday, right? And then it rolls over to Monday, Cyber Monday. So you got Black Friday, you got Cyber Monday, and now all of these stores are even like, they use that as a marketing tool, but they even start now before Black Friday. Black Friday it comes early, right? Cyber Monday even starts early. And so at the end of the day, everybody gets all wigged out, you know, and trying to, you know, to get the best savings they can possibly find online because they're looking for their ultimate gift, right? And so they're shopping and they're, they're looking for all these amazing gifts for half the price or a fraction of the price. But here's the cold, hard facts. We may get a good deal on whatever it is. I don't care what it is. But whatever that good deal is on whatever it is that perhaps it relates to as far as the form of that gift. At the end of the day, every single thing that we purchase, that we get in this life, is temporary. There's not a single thing that we can buy, that we can have in this life as far as a physical material possession that's going to last forever it just doesn't work that way how many of you parents know that even after you find that so-called perfect gift for your child especially if it's one you got to put together chances are by the end of christmas day it will be broke right why because things in this temporary life will not last but here is what the scripture says in Matthew 24 verse 35 the earth and sky will wear out and fade away before one word I speak loses its power or fails to accomplish its purpose isn't that awesome yeah the world is fading the world is passing the world is temporary but only God's eternal word his truth only the eternal things of God are going to last forever in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it says it this way. Paul said, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So the ultimate gift that God has given to us, Christmas is giving and if God so loved he gave his one and only son is the ultimate gift that's personal and practical and priceless and permanent here's the big question the question is if we fill in that blank with the word giving Christmas is giving then how will you give how will you you utilize and leverage this season to give. You say, well, I've never really thought about that before. Because I've been so focused maybe on doing things to give things for other people. Because that's what has always been kind of the tradition. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of the season. But let's look at it from an eternal perspective. How... Will we choose to fill in that blank? Through giving, how will we give? In other words, what gift 
Can you plan to give this Christmas that's going to be personal? Something that will truly bring meaning to somebody's life. Something that truly will bring significance and purpose. Something that will be very personal because it has been thought out. You have carefully thought through the details because you know the person. You, know, you don't give an impra- listen, you don't give a practical gift to somebody that you do not know. People who give impractical gifts usually give impractical gifts because they really don't know that person very well or at all that they give a gift to, right? That's why people will give you an OU tie. Because they didn't know that I hated the OU sinners. They didn't know me very well. So the question is, who do you know on a personal level? What needs do they have? What are their desires? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? What are the aspirations that are near and dear to their heart that you could come alongside and you could give a personal gift to them? One that is personal and real and relevant and tangible and meaningful that meets their greatest single need and desire. How will you give a gift that will be practical? Something that, again, is relevant to their needs. How will you give a gift that is priceless, that is beyond all value? Something that someone will never be able to repay you because of the sacrifice and because of the priceless value that it has. And what about the permanency of that gift? What will you give that will outlast the actual gift itself. Those are some tough questions, right? Allows you to kind of put your thinking cap on, and you think to yourself, "Man, I, you know, I've never really thought about it that before that that way before." But, but how will we give in those ways? What can we do that will last? That will be permanent? Well, guess what? God doesn't leave us hanging. He helps us through his own example of what he did through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So how can we give a gift that is personal and and, and practical and, and priceless and permanent? Can I help you out? There are three things that the Bible teaches us that we can do. Number one is this. We can give of our time. I mean, that is life's most precious commodity, right? I mean, there's absolutely nothing that you can do to buy more time. If that's the case, everybody be buying more time. But you can't buy time. It is truly life's most precious commodity. What can you do to give of yourself, to give of your time? Love is spelled what? T-I-M-E. How can you give love through the time that you sow, that you give to someone else this Christmas? Well, let me give you... A way that you can do that. As you mentioned, as we mentioned a few moments ago, next Saturday we have something called Operation Joy. You can give of your time by simply participating in an outreach opportunity where we get to just sow into the community, sow into people's lives by giving of our time. There's no strings attached. In other words, we're going to do free gift wrapping for people. And I'm telling you, we've been doing this for several years, and it's always amazing to me to see the reaction on the faces of the people when they ask the question, what's the catch? 
And we say, there's no catch. We're just here to serve you. And people are blown away. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Why? Because people are not used to giving something that money can't buy. And that is time. It's our love. Here's what the scripture says. In fact, Jesus, when his disciples asked him, when Jesus was describing basically, you know, what he had gone through and the struggles and the hardships and all the things that he endured, and, and some, of the, some of the disciples were, were kind of like, well, when did we do this and when did we do that? And here's what's interesting in this story that he told. He said, whenever you do it, whenever you did it to one of these, to someone overlooked or ignored, listen, he said, you're actually doing it. For me. You did it unto me. So every time you give of your time, listen, you are actually not just serving that person, you're serving God. You are giving an act of sacrifice through your time by meeting an important need in someone's life. Another way the Bible teaches us that we can give something that's permanent, that's going to last forever, is by giving of our talent. I'm convinced that, in fact, studies have even shown that 85% of evangelical Christians inside churches, listen to this, have never discovered their spiritual gift. The moment you were saved, the moment you put your faith in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you need to understand that not only did the Holy Spirit come inside of you, but God gave you. He favored you, he imparted to you, listen, a gift that allows you to exercise that gift. Some of you have multiple gifts. God has given us at least one spiritual gift. Most of us have multiple spiritual gifts, and those gifts are God's gift to you to make an eternal impact on the lives of other people and to build his church and to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. And yet 85% of Christians occupying churches don't even know what their spiritual gifts are. This is so important that we understand this. Listen to this. In Romans 12, listen to this. In verses 4 through 8, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, they're called grace gifts, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There are certain things that you do, and you do extremely well. You say, well, that's a, that's a skill I've learned. Listen, there are skills that we can learn, but there are gifts that you can't explain. Because they're grace gifts. It is supernaturally imparted to you and to me. And there are certain things that you do extremely well that comes natural to you. And the reason why it comes natural to you is because supernaturally God gave you that natural ability and gift. It's important that we understand that. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift to, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it 
gladly. God wants us to be gift givers. Why? Because he gave the greatest gift of all. And so one of the ways that we do that, one of these days we're going to be given an amazing gift of delights of our own that will actually work. But anyway, at the end of the day, God wants us to use our talents. Why? He wants us to make a permanent impact for his glory. Number three, and I'll close with this. How do we give our own gift that's going to last forever? Not just our time and our talents, but also our treasures. What does the scripture say? Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. Listen to this. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually does what? It rusts. It decays and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust or decay or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. So how do we do that? We do that through our time, through our talent, through our treasures because the bible says where your treasure is there your heart will be also so at the end of the day we can't outgive god god so loved he gave and one of the ways that god wants us to give to follow his example is to give sacrificially and to do something that is listen that will never last excuse me that will never that will never rust that will never decay but will last for ever for all eternity and we do that by giving our tangible resources that's one of the ways that we encourage people at rethink life to partner with god if you were to go to our website right now and you just to type in rethinklife.com give we break something down very very simple and honestly, most people probably have never seen this page on our website. And I would encourage you just to go so you can have a better understanding and a, I think a more specific understanding of kind of how God wants us to participate by giving of our treasures, by partnering with Him, by advancing His purposes here on earth. One of the ways that we, we do that is through what we call foundational giving. What is foundational giving? That simply means that God is building His church. And there is a foundation to be laid. And that simply means everybody is a part of building God's church. And some have not been involved in the process of laying the foundation. And what the foundation opportunity simply means is that, hey, these are people who haven't necessarily given of their treasures, but they can begin the process. And whether that is just through starting the process and sowing Maybe just to get started in this area of generosity in their life, we make it simple. We say, hey, well, just give faithfully and consistently. Give automatically a recurring gift of $40 a month. That's just a way for us to begin the process. But you choose. You do whatever the Lord leads and presses upon your heart. But then not only do we have a foundation that we're building, but we have another category. We call them concrete 
givers. The concrete builders are the people who understand the significance of the tithe and honor the Lord with the tithe. You say, what does that mean? That simply means 10% that we return back to the Lord as an act of worship because that's what the Bible teaches us to do as believers. It's God's plan to resource his church to accelerate the purpose of the church, to fund the ministry of the church. And then there's another category that we refer to as bricklayers. So you have the foundation, you have the concrete, and then you have the bricklayers who are building God's church one brick at a time. And how do we do that? That's what we call the over and above. Those are the people who give sacrificially and give generously over and above the tithe to help accelerate the future, to propel the church into its best days. And that's the reason why we're doing our annual Christmas offering between now and the end of the month. And we're having our special offering next Sunday. Listen to this. Why are we doing that? Because God has given us a plan as a church. God wants His church to thrive, to be healthy, to be funded, to be able to do what He's called us to do, what He's commissioned us to do, what He's commanded us to do as a church. And that is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If we don't reach them, who's going to reach them? One of the things that we've done on our website is we've laid out some of the specific, practical ways that we can help accelerate our future and propel us into our greatest days. Many of you know we have a huge milestone that we accomplished this year. We bought 4.8 acres of land. We're currently working with our engineers and our architects and uh, just all the site planning that is involved in this process, traffic studies, road site development that's going to have to be worked, all of the constructural plans, all the things go with that. You know what that nets? That's going to be anywhere from a hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars just in the prep work alone we still owe about six hundred thousand on the property itself so the reason why we haven't put a goal on this year's year in Christmas offering is because we can all do our part by just doing whatever the Lord impresses upon us to give because our only goal is for everybody to do something and the most important thing is this. Just give what the Lord impresses upon you to give. Big, small, anything in between. At the end of the day, it's not the gift in and of itself. It's what's behind the gift. And God is looking at our heart. What can we do to help make an eternal difference? Because when we all participate, we can all make an eternal difference difference for the glory of God. Can I share with you how you've been impacted eternity this year? We've had over a hundred people give their lives to Jesus Christ in 2023. Amen. This year, we've had 33 people that have gone public with their faith through water baptism. We're going to be baptizing next Sunday, the last baptism of 2023. So you can sign up to get baptized. Do you realize that every person who's given their life to Jesus and every person who's made those important next step decisions in their heart and life, you were part of that. 
you have laid up treasures in heaven that are going to last forever because of what you have sown. And the Bible says, what we sow, we will also reap. So when we sow generously, we're going to reap generously forever and forever and forever. Isn't that incredible? It's God's plan. And we get to participate. We get to help with the foundation. We get to, we get to help be the brick layers. We, we get to be a part of what God is doing to build and to advance His kingdom. I asked our team the other day, I said, of the 4.8 acres of land that we have at that location, I said, I'd like to know how many elementary through high schools are there within a 13-mile radius? Because that is the average distance that people travel to come to Rethink Life physically. To come to our church is about a 13-mile radius. I said, how many schools does that represent? You ready for this? 39 schools representing over 39,000 young people. Students. What is that? Say, what, what is the relevancy of that? Let me tell you what the relevancy is. And this is what we are committed to in 2024. We are all about reaching the next generation. I'm telling you, it has never been more urgent and more compelling on my heart than it is right now to reach the next generation. Known as Generation Z. Gen Z right now is the most irreligious, listen, non-religious generation in all of history. But at the same time, they're also being referred to as the open generation because they've never seen, heard, or experienced, listen to this, Jesus in most of their homes. So therefore, they're very curious and they want to know more about who Jesus is and the relevancy he can have to their lives. That tells me that their hearts are open to receiving the life-changing message of Jesus Christ and rethink life church. We'll do anything and everything we can short of sin to reach Generation Z with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. So I want you to hear my heart as loud and clear as you can possibly hear today as a church rethink life we will be known for reaching the next generation and we're going to sow every ounce of fiber and every resource that we possibly can to help reach the next generation because they're not just the church of tomorrow they are the church of today and we want to do whatever we can to reach listen to reach people and to reach young people who are far from god who matter to god and that's how we can sow treasures in heaven by getting in on the game that God wants us to play by joining him in the process, partnering with him, moving from the grandstand onto the playing field, no longer being a spectator, but being a participant and sharing and giving the greatest gift to people that the world has ever known. And it's the gift of Jesus. It's personal, it's practical, it's priceless, and it's permanent. How can you not fill in the blank that Christmas is giving? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, thank you for the incredible gift that you have given to us. God, there's no way in the world that we can outgive you. There's no way in the world that we can put a price tag on what you have done for us. 
Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe, and we owed a debt we could not pay. And you gave us the greatest gift. And so, Father, today, we just want to say thank you. God, we just ask today that you would help us, Lord, to to come up with ways that we can participate, ways that we can give of our time, that we can utilize our, our talents, whether that's serving, joining a team, volunteering to be a part of one of our Christmas services, serving on the dream team in one of these ways. Maybe it's giving to those here in our community or whatever it might be. God, help us, Lord, to give generously. Lord, we pray for those of us here today who who perhaps have never put their faith in Jesus. Lord, what a gift. What a gift to know that we can know you personally, that we can know your forgiveness, that we can have salvation. And God, ultimately, we can have eternal life in heaven. Thank you, God. If there are those here today who've never put their faith in Jesus, maybe you're watching online and you've never put your faith in Jesus, can I just invite you right where you are, whether you're in the room or online, today would you make this decision in your heart. Pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Today I believe in my heart that Jesus died. He was buried and he came back to life. And by faith, I'm inviting Jesus into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. God, we give you praise and glory for who you are, for all that you've done. If you prayed that prayer in the room or online, or would you do me a favor? If you're in the room, would you just hold up your hand high as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed just saying, count me in today, Pastor. I just prayed that prayer. Count me in. That's awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Father, we thank you for these who have lifted their hands. God, we pray that today as we come close to you, you would come close to us, especially in this season known as Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. currently working with our engineers and our architects and uh, just all the site planning that is involved in this process, traffic studies, road site development that's going to have to be worked, all of the constructural plans, all the things go with that. You know what that nets, that's going to be anywhere from $150,000 to $200,000 just in the prep work alone. 